Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on October 12th, 2018. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us today as producer and co-host, president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Mr. Mark Lips. And of course, with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com, and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Mark, how are you guys doing today? Happy Friday, I'm doing Joe. great. It's Friday. All right. Friday's always it's Friday. Dead. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't know that um, it all stops at Friday, but it is always great to be Friday. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, that. listen, I, well, no, what I mean is, you know, it's interesting when you're in public, in these public service type positions, and you know that, Jackie, you don't stop Friday. No. I mean, do you even know what day of the week it is? If you didn't know what show you were doing, you wouldn't know what day of the week it is. No, you know something? <laughs> what I do is, seriously, it's 24-7, 365. It really is. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so, yeah. unless you knew, oh, it's the Chamber show, so it uh, must be Friday. Must be Friday, yeah. I mean, because you've got you go to events seven days a week, and I am constantly doing stuff on the weekends as well. I actually am kind of excited about this weekend. I have nothing Saturday night. Uh, I have Saturday morning. Uh, I uh, I think I'm fairly free on Sunday. So you know, these are things where you just want to get in your van and go down by the river with your dogs, you know, and just hang there. Yeah, there you go. Turn off everything, gel out, veg out, the whole thing. You know, um, I I just missed you Wednesday night. I went to the opening of the new Lazy Acres uh, that that straddles Manhattan and Hermosa there, uh, and I, I had just missed you apparently. Yeah, the uh, um, I and you saw Tammy. She was back there in the demo kitchen, I did. I did. doing her thing. Yeah. Uh, my wife, who 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 is the inspiration and owner of the Ripe Choice Catering, um, uh, please call for all your catering needs, especially this fall. <laughs> Get your orders in now or Thanksgiving. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, really cool store, very cool store. I mean, it, it really they say it's a cross between 
you know, Bristol Farms and Sprouts or Bristol Farms and a Ralph's or something like that. And and it really was, uh, you know, I'd like to see it without a band, you know, just to see what it's yeah. like to be in the store. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, there, but, the, the soft opening, the, the private preview was Wednesday. The mm-hmm. soft opening uh, was yesterday and today. And then tomorrow morning is the grand opening. Right. So they're right, going to have all sorts right. of stuff going on for the grand opening. So go over and check yep. it out. It's yep. a gorgeous store. Yeah. yeah. It's right there uh, at the corner by Hope Chapel, at um, uh, right there at the corner of Artesia and PCH. Or if you're coming from the Manhattan Beach side, Artesia and Sepulveda. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, big, big, uh, 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 and the reason you missed me, I did the, uh, I emceed the, um, the California Women's League of Women Voters, or California League of Women Voters, uh, their uh, their uh, uh, candidates forum. So Ben Allen yeah. was there uh, uh, with uh, um, Baron Bruno, who he's running against, and then of course Frank Scotto and Al um, Murasuchi were there. So uh, it was really cool to kind of hear the um, hear all the uh, their take on the different things. That was the first time. You know, I've known Frank a little bit, but that was the first time I'd seen him in action up there uh, talking about the issues. So that was nice to to, to put that together. And I didn't mm-hmm. know Baron at all. So it was great to see uh, Baron Bruno and hear what he had to say about um, about everything. So so I did. That was a busy night for us. Um, but the big thing coming up for the chamber. I mean, we have lots of stuff coming up, Women's Mastermind and all of these things that are just going to be exciting. But the big thing is next week is our Heroes of Manhattan Beach. And, oh. um, uh, uh, um, you know, this is the first time we've done anything like this. It's, you know, everybody says, well, what about, don't you guys, don't they do a Medal of Valor thing in Torrance with, for all the South Bay? And I say, yeah, but I want to do something for us, just our people, you know, just to say thanks, have locals in there. You know, all of city council will be there, city management, we'll have residents. I've got some seniors who are buying a table. Um, you know, we've got the Downtown Business Association, Association buying a table. And, um, you know, lots of other people filling in. We've got fire department there and police department, of course, because they're being honored. And the lifeguards, county lifeguards, people forget even though they're county, I look at the guys who who stand next to their um, lifeguard stations as a part of our city too. Because if you grew up in the South Bay, you, one of your babysitters was whatever lifeguard tower you went to as a kid. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> no, sometimes the moms even had phone numbers right to that lifeguard tower of that lifeguard, you know, and that literally was. You know, he, he or she, um, you know, the, the kids were told stay around James there, uh, the lifeguard or, or Sally or whoever it was, and uh, uh, within sight of that, and don't go, you know, and then they'd run back up. Um, so, you know, they're as much a part of our community as, as our local uh, police and fire, too, So, because the beach is mm-hmm. a huge asset to our town. And so I'm giving an award out to Maria, uh, Mario uh, Rodriguez, who performed just a one heroic event after another, saving lives on July 4th, apparently around the Manhattan Beach Pier. And they had three or four other lifeguards that had to actually go in. T- they had to pull in from other towers, but he was the lead lifeguard. And he has the tower just south of, of the pier. And there was all of a sudden this really monstrous uh, evil riptide that was just 
really uh, uh, ferocious, and it was dragging everybody out or under or over, you know, and most of your visitors don't know how to handle riptides. And so what it was doing, too, near the pier, it was slamming people into uh, driving them into the pilings along the pier, and people were just oh, screaming boy. for help and in the water. Mario just raced out there and, and literally dragged people safely through the pier area and then went out again, got more, and, and then all the lifeguards came in from other towers. I mean, it was just a crazy, wild uh, uh, couple hours there, I think, with that riptide, or maybe it was longer. I'm not sure. but so And we're honoring uh, Charlotte Lasser, who I don't know if you know is is – the the her husband is Russ Lesser, and we're on. She's the one who created Neighborhood Watch here, brought Neighborhood Watch here. She and her husband. I mean, uh, she. If you go by 26th Street Beach, uh, you see that uh, workout area. They donated that. They've done so much for this city. You know, uh, she's been on countless boards and and the MB um, mm-hmm. Hometown Fair 10K, and so we're giving her a Community Champion Award. We're giving Derek Abel, Chief Abel, uh, a community leadership award because ever since Bob Espinosa left, this guy, who's our chief of police, has also been running the fire department. Yes. And, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's going to be a new trend out there that uh, one guy runs both. Because when you think well, about it, it well, is a small town. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's but yeah, that's but true. I know it, it. It probably isn't practical because I think he's actually given the firefighters guns, and that probably isn't good. Um, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding, you guys. So um, uh, now, yeah, there's rifles now and all the um, fire mm-hmm. trucks. The uh, um, uh, but I think we all know why he's overseeing um, the fire department. So. Um, but we're giving him a, a leadership award because that's really um, a, a, long, a, a tough day of work. I mean, that's a long day. That's, and that's then, double and, duty. Yeah. So Charlotte, right. um, uh, Chief Abel, and um, Mario will be getting actual individual awards. And then, of course, we'll recognize the police department and the fire department as a whole, as a unit. And um, um, Amy Holworth is going to be our MC. Kelly McDade. Mary, I mean, Mary Beth mm-hmm. McDade is going to be there as well, as well as Ned Coletti, Joe, who was former general manager of the Dodgers. And I'm going to have the three of them right. doing the auction or auctioning off the, the live auction items, So, which are really Beautiful. fun, like dinner for eight. Okay, t- tell, us, t- tell, us, tell us what day and how much your tickets. Oh, sorry, sorry. And where? $50 for tickets. It is Wednesday, October 17th. It is a plated lunch. Um, and uh, music by Jeremy Buck and Mo Z, uh, and it is Wednesday, October 17th, 11 to 2 at Veranda's Beach House over on Rosecrans. Mm-hmm. All right. All right? All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. From here to Thursday, try the roast beef. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have a very exciting uh, time today because we're going to be featuring as – we do. Uh, we're going to be featuring the uh, the uh, Miracosta Drama Department, and uh, this is something very special. This is something quite special. Um, we're going to talk to the director and several of the cast members. Uh, Jackie, who are our guests today? Okay, we have a room full of guests this morning, as you mentioned, from Miracosta High School to tell us about the upcoming production of The Laramie Project. 
Now, The Laramie Project is an emotionally riveting drama which centers on the death of Gate College student Matthew Shepard and how his murder affected his community and sent ripple effects across the nation. The Laramie Project is playing November 2nd through November 10th in Miracosta's Small Theater, which is located at 1401 Artesia Boulevard in Manhattan Beach. And you can purchase tickets at www.miracostadramaboosters.org. Our guests this morning are director and drama teacher Jonathan Westberg and students Bryson Earhart, Bella McDaniel, Kira Randolph, Travers, Travers, Travers Tobis, Megan Yeh, and Sophia Fontaine. Welcome back to the program, everybody. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you for having us. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us. This is this is a very uh, dramatic and uh, powerfully uh, emotionally powerful play, uh, Jonathan. Uh, tell us a little bit about the process that went into selecting this play, and, and how long ago was it selected for production? Uh, this year. Before before we get into that, can I can I read Jonathan's bio real quick, so that oh, everybody sure. knows who we're talking about? Okay, so Jonathan Westerberg is the director. He teaches drama at Miracosta High School and is the director of ex- extracurricular activities for the drama and tech department. Now, uh, for Costa, um, Mr. Westerberg has directed One Flew One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Laramie Project, Chicago, Twelfth Night, The Flu Season, and a student-written radio play titled I Have a Friend Who. Uh, Jonathan's directing credits for Los Angeles-based Circle X Theater Company include original works by nationally recognized playwrights such as Paul Mullen, uh, Will Eno, and Carlos Murillo, among others. Uh, Jonathan has produced, directed, composed for, and designed dozens of other Circle X productions, and he formerly served as the company's co-producing artistic director. Okay, Joe. Well, um how how is this what is the selection process for plays and how long ago was this play selected for production this year we selected the laramie project um it was around spring um of of this past year uh so mm-hmm. the process for selecting shows is basically a conversation amongst uh you know the people who are most involved in mounting the productions this is mm-hmm. my uh, first year as advisor for the drama program. It's my first year as the drama teacher here at Costa. Um, I, about 10, 12 years ago, had been teaching some drama classes. Uh, the program was under the guidance um, of another Costa teacher at that point um, and had been directing shows while I was also directing for Circle X Theater Company. Um, and so coming okay. into the program um, a little bit more uh, in advisorial duties uh, for uh, for the extracurricular, um, many all of the extracurricular activities that uh, the department does, as well as teaching the drama classes. Uh, a couple of things were important to me. It was important to me that we find uh, a show that is ensemble-based, which hmm. in this context means um, – you know, a cast that shares equally in the storytelling. Uh, the Laramie Project is one of those. You know, there are over 50 characters that appear in the play. Uh, as originally mm. written, I think the original Broadway production had eight actors who take on all of those 50 roles. Um, our production, we have cast 20 actors. Um, and it's a mm. great opportunity for students to share in the storytelling process, 
but also really sort of stretch their craft and take on, um, you know, multiple different personas on stage. Um, so I really wanted to bring something to uh, to the first show that I did here as drama advisor and as drama teacher that brought us together in sort of this shared storytelling spirit. Um, and then the other consideration wow. was this is a big year. This is a it's a it's a big year um, in terms of the an- anniversary of Matthew Shepard's death, um, and that's that mm. actually 20 years ago today was the day that um, he finally passed away in the hospital, um, and it was six days ago. So I think that was Saturday. The uh, what was Saturday? The sixth that he was uh, that he was tied up against the fence post and, and left to die. He was discovered the next morning, so that would have been Sunday, and then the rest of this week would have been the process of them uh, trying to re- rehabilitate him in the hospital. Um, and so hmm. I think that, you know, the, the conversations around sexual identity have become, you know, profoundly complex, um, hmm. and in the best of ways. We're, we're listening more. I think we're understanding more. I think that we're all accepting more. Um, but at the same time, there is sort of a, you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, hatred that is being unearthed, in my opinion, in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in sort of the national political sphere. Um, and that's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable reality that we're having to deal with to see some of these things come out of the shadows and be emboldened. Um, so right. our feeling that this is a good time to revisit the story, um, to see how things have changed, to see how things have not changed, um, and to have that conversation. You know, I'm a fan of you know, John. Pre- <clears throat> yes, go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jonathan. I just have to say I cannot believe it's been 20 years. I swear this feels like it happened just yesterday. I, I well, cannot believe it's 20 years. It's it's interesting what happens in in looking at this story again. Uh, I've had people, I've received phone calls, I've had emails when um, when I'm you know out on the weekends amongst people that I know and meeting their friends and spending time with people and they ask me what I'm doing and I bring up this play. Uh, it's interesting the stories and the conversations that start. I last weekend met a, a man from Cody, Wyoming, um, which mm. is near. Laramie and one of the towns that one of the characters from the play is from. Um, and he was a friend of a friend at a, at a birthday party. I'd never met him before. And we probably spent about an hour talking about Wyoming and, and, and about Matthew Shepard. I also received an mm-hmm. email from a woman who, um, who staged the high school premiere. It might've been the California premiere um, at a high school level of the Laramie project about a year before I did it last year at Maricosta. She did it in San Francisco and she had members mm-hmm. of the Westboro Baptist Church show up and protest their actual performance. Uh, Moises wow. Kaufman, who who organized, uh, you know, the theater company to go out and do the interviews in Laramie, um, and and who really authored the play, went to that production as well. So I think I think many people share that sentiment that this, you know, Matthew Shepard would have been what forty forty one years old. Um, I'm forty three. Mm-hmm. And it sort of uh, it, it makes it a, a, a huge impression on me. And listening to people talk about um, homosexuality in the play, those people who, you know, strange phrases like, I don't agree with that lifestyle, as if it is something that one uh, chooses to agree or disagree with. Um, the hmm. language is very interesting and at times feels incredibly fresh and at other times feels almost dated or passe. But I think it's a good opportunity for us to, 
to explore these things again. Okay. Wow. What a, what a powerful, uh, emotional, um, you know, experience for people to go through the play. Give us, give us a sense of um, the arc of the story. We know the, the reality of, of Matthew's uh, experience, but give us the arc of the play. What is, what is the arc of the play in, in, in dramatic sense? What, what, are the, what is the play communicating? So the play chronicles the town's reaction really to the death of Matthew Shepard. So in many ways, this is more mm. of a play about Laramie um, and mm. Laramie, a small town in the United States. It's, it's more of a play about our nation and our reaction mm. to the event. So never does Matthew Shepard actually appear in the play. And mm. the, the whole thing is written as, a, as almost a piece of theatrical nonfiction in that at that time, there was a theater company in New York City called the Tectonic Theater Company. Their artistic director was Moises Kaufman. And when uh, Matthew Shepard was killed and it hit national news, he rallied about 10 of his theater company members to travel out to to Laramie, Wyoming. Um, Over the course of a couple of years, they collected over 200 interviews. And then they put Mm -hmm. those along with news, radio broadcast transcripts, court transcripts, they put all of those together to make the play that we're seeing. So what we're seeing is uh, the actual words of actual people that were actually spoken um, surrounding this event. And so the arc of the play, um, we begin, it's one part story of the Tectonic Theater Company going to Laramie to try to, to, mm-hmm. to put the story together. So it's sort of a piece of meta theater in that sense. And it's one mm-hmm. part in the story of all of the residents of Laramie processing the events that happened. So we mm-hmm. get this overview of everything, um, and then we're launched eventually into um, the stories of who Matthew was, those people that knew him, their impression of him, uh, the mm-hmm. evening when he was really abducted and then, um, and then killed uh, becomes the central centerpiece of the first act of the play. And then the rest of the play deals with Laramie's reaction to the death, uh, the national media descending upon Laramie, and how that mm-hmm. impacted the town and their own identity and their struggles in continuing to deal with the death and have conversations with the death. Um, and then it ends when the Tectonic Theater Company finally uh, leaves on their final visit um, after the funeral after the arraignment and after the trial of both of the perpetrators, uh, Russell Henderson and Aaron McKinney. Um, And then the theater company leaves and they go home and then ostensibly construct the play that we had just seen. So we chronologically Mm -hmm. follow the events, but all of, all of the conversation about the events that become uh, the language of the play are all reflective in that few things are happening in the moment. And it's almost Brechtian in style in that um, it's mostly commentary on an event that happens off stage, um, as opposed to us witnessing an event happening on stage. Okay, excellent. Now tell me, uh, Jonathan, who who we're going to meet first uh, of the cast oh. members. Well, um, if it's up first? to me, I'm just going to go from left to right here. I'll introduce you sure, to sure. Ella McDaniel. Um, she right. is uh, she's taking on a variety of roles in the play, and I'd love to hear uh, what you have to ask her and what she has to offer. All right. All now, right. Jackie, uh, 
give us a okay. uh, bio. Okay, Bella McDaniel is a junior and is very excited and grateful to be part of this extremely talented cast. This is her first production at Miracosta, and she wants to thank Mr. Westerberg and Miss H for all their guidance during the development of this show. She also wants to thank all of the production team and her friends and family who have supported her throughout the process. Enjoy the show. Bella, Enjoy welcome the show. to the program. Hi. Hi. Now, uh, Bella, you, you, there may there may have to be a physical rearrangement of a, of a minor kind as you move closer to the microphone. But tell us, as your first production, uh, have you been in drama productions previously in middle school or in other places? Yes, I've been in productions um, in other places. Just this is my first one here at Miracosta. Okay. Okay. What impact does just the process of being in drama and in a play of any kind, how does that impact your your high school experience? Um, I think it's quite interesting because, you know, every day you're going to different classes that you may not be so interested in, and you definitely have something to look forward to. But it's also fun because, you know, during the rehearsal <clears throat> process, you get to go into this different world and you get to live through these characters and really experience what they experienced and it's just really interesting to get insight onto something that you know I wasn't alive to live through how, how many characters do you play I play three and give me a, a quick couple of lines or, or, or sentences about each of them um, well, the first character that I play that appears in the show is Rebecca Hilliker, and she is the head of the drama department at the university. And mm. then I play um, a character that's called Anonymous. They didn't want their name mentioned in the play, and they're just someone who knew Aaron McKinney. Mm. So they talk a little bit about him. And then I play the judge mm. who, you know, is there for the trial and the arraignment of the perpetrators. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's uh, we're looking forward to seeing it. And uh, is is there anything else you'd like to to add as a as a statement of this is my experience of this play? Yeah, my experience is, I don't know it's it's a great play, and it definitely it's an emotion. It's, it takes on an emotional toll because you really have to, mm-hmm. you know, go through the mindsets of each of these characters and. You know, even if you're accepting of certain things that they aren't accepting of, it's just interesting to get the different stances of everyone. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a great show. You know, you know, mm-hmm. Joe, it's it, it, it's interesting, Bella, that you mentioned that you weren't alive for th- this event. Um, you know, we were all there. We we lived it. We were we remember it. it how how does that? How do you compare that to other? big national events that you have been alive for. Well, you know, I... This is history for you, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've been alive through a lot of things, you know, there's been school shootings and such, so I guess it's just relating it to things that I know that have been brought to the media and things that have been exploited and just trying to connect what I know with what I wasn't alive to experience. Mm. Right. Mm. Right. And now, uh, Jonathan, uh, thank you, Bella. And now, 
Jonathan, who's next? Uh, let me introduce you to Sophia Fontaine. Okay. Um, Jackie? Okay, hang on. I got a whole bunch of papers here. Uh, Sophia Fontaine. Uh, Sophia's extremely proud to be a part of the Laramie product uh, project. She's a junior at Miracosta, and Laramie is also her first production with the Drama and Tech Department. She is profoundly grateful for Mr. Westerberg, Ms. Hutchinson, the production team, and their faith in the cast. Sophia would like to thank her parents, brother, and grandmother for supporting her throughout the rehearsal process, and fellow castmate, Ansley Rowell, for documenting the experience, and she wants us all to enjoy the show. Hi, Sophia. Hi. Hi. So, similarly, Sophia, just... The the uh, the way that I I see this is that we want to know first of all how many characters you play. Um, I play two characters. I play Andy Paris and um, Zubaida Ula. Uh, what do you think of your characters? How 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 do how have they affected you? Um, I really love my characters. Um, Andy Paris is a member of the Tectonic Theater Company. Um, and you know, I get to interview a lot of the other, <clears throat> a lot of the other characters, and get a little bit of a deeper insight um, into the town and into what the theater company and the other people in the town really went through with this event. Um, and my other character that I play, Zubaida Ula, is um, one of the the really interesting and I think more complicated characters um, that I've seen or played before. She is. A member of the university and she's a feminist and she's also Islamic um, so she has her own view of the town and of um, her life and of the events that happened because she has faced her own form of prejudice in the town and she has her own ideas that not everyone in the town agrees with um, mm. and yeah I, I really connected with both of them um, Zubaida really has a history that I know and can relate to. And she has views and opinions that I really understand and really connect with me. And Andy, um, she just has this demeanor that is really sweet and kind. And um, yeah, it's really fun to play both of them. You know, I'm have, curious, um, have, and, and maybe this yeah. is for the, the whole cast and, and the director, but did you guys make any changes uh, and take any creative license uh, in terms of playing the characters, uh, uh, you know, male, female, uh, anything along those lines, or is it pretty straightforward to what was what was what, what you have in front of you? Uh, this is Jonathan. Um, we did take some creative licenses. We have um, twelve boys. I'm sorry, twelve mm-hmm. girls and eight boys in the cast for this production. Um, and typically this show uh, has a little bit more of an even uh, gender split. So we have some mm-hmm. cross-gender casting. I don't think we do it in any way that interferes with, uh, you know, the... Right. The, with with one of, the, I think, the essential elements of the story, which is Matthew Shepard's homosexuality right. uh, and community members' reaction to that. Um, but the nature of the show is that I think the audience is supposed to feel like they're watching a play. And that mm-hmm. the play is very much a conspicuous part of the story and the design of it in that it's mentioned several times that the Tectonic Theater Company is taking these interviews and turning them into a script. And that 
dialogue is actually part of the dialogue of the play. So it has, again, it has that meta theater quality. You so guys, we have pe- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. So we have people who are transforming uh, right before the audience's eyes into different characters. And because of that, I think that it's very easy for us to take certain liberties with characters and right. so forth. The only That's other great. change that we made is that we have edited the material down a little bit. I think the running time mm-hmm. is typically about two hours and 15 minutes. Wow. Um, we've probably edited it down by about 15 or 20 minutes. And yeah, that's, not a long, a that's a long play. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, and it's it, we don't have a three-act version. We have a two-act version. So we, we changed, right. uh, uh, you know, we we put in one intermission at a different place than it was originally written. But the storyline is, is, is perfectly intact. Have you guys been able to get a copy or see the movie at all? I have seen the movie. I have not assigned any outside viewing research for my students. Um, I wanted them to come to the material fresh without uh, any biases of of performances that they saw or commentary for other characters. But they, of course, are are willing to watch whatever they want to watch. So I can, you know, I can let them speak to that themselves. Hmm. I was just Hmm. curious if, um, you know, if that had any impact uh, uh, on their characters, if they, you know, looked at that and said, you know, I think I got it right or or you know, we're we're on the same wavelength or anything that you took from that movie. Um you know what I want to know is I want to know a lot of things, but um how you know, when you look at young adults, obviously I think we all assume unless there's a parent out there that really is 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 somehow making that adult think in certain ways but you think they're pretty open and all that i'd be curious if your if your cast has had any kind of cathartic change or any kind of change in their current thinking or they learned anything from this in terms of different from what they were when they started we assume that they approach homosexuality they have friends who are who are gay um and they approach it with an open mind but maybe there was something that even more came out of this than than what than what they had going in. Yeah. Do you want Do you want to ask any of the cast it, members? Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. We, absolutely. It, 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 any Anyone who wants to uh, uh, speak about that, just raise their hand, and we'll we'll switch to and, them. And Thank you. Thank one of the you reasons so I say much. that is that Sophia. Sophia. P flag has you know P flag is coming to the South Bay and is starting a, a chapter here, and I don't know if you that's parents. Uh, for gay parents or for gay uh, kids and all of that, and and then uh, so I think we're starting to see a little more of where uh, organized effort in the South Bay than what's been there before. We've also had our issues in the South Bay, you know, um, with some things that have happened. But um, I've opened up my conference room uh, for a, a couple of therapists who who regularly meet with kids who have come out and just for them to have a safe space to go and just open up and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious if, if the kids, if the, sorry, kid, the, your young adult, your young cast has, has had any kind of cathartic uh, change since taking on this role. Sure. I'll, I'll let uh, Sophia Fontaine continue. She can talk about that before yeah. uh, you meet some of the cast members. Okay. All right. Uh, Sophia. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think that because a lot of the people in Laramie weren't necessarily in support of Matthew's um, lifestyle, as they call it a lot in the play, um, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting for a lot of the cast members to play people who don't support Matthew and aren't 
for that, you know, people who are LGBTQ plus and they didn't go to the vigil and they didn't support um, a lot of the action that happened after his death and um, the arraignment and wanted, you know, the two perpetrators not to be sentenced to death and to be sentenced to death. Um, And so I think we have a lot of different opinions in the cast and in the characters that we play. And it's brought out a lot of different opinions and different Mm -hmm. views of different opinions um, with the cast members. Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Now, thank you very much, Sophia. Uh, uh, Mr. Westerberg, who's next? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Who's next? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Oh, who's uh, next? I didn't hear you. Can we yeah, meet another cast Okay, I'll member. introduce you to Kira Randolph. Kira Randolph. Jackie? Oh, hold on, Kira. Jackie? Is uh, Jackie I, with us? I, I am, I, I am oh. so sorry. I'm sitting here reading, and I was on mute. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, Kira yeah. Randolph right. is in the is in the ninth grade, and she's very happy to be a part of the Laramie Project. This is her first Miracosta show, and she's excited for all of you to see it. Now, Kira would like to thank the production team, her family, and the cast of Laramie, who were so supportive and loving towards each other. She hopes you enjoy watching the show just as much as she did being in it. Hi, Kira. Hi. Hi. So, we'll start with the last question for you, Kira. I mean, have you, can you say that uh, the characters have uh, surprised you or or caused you to think about things differently? Um, I think that some of the characters in the show, it's kind of like, it's amazed me a little bit on how much hate that they can have for um, someone who just likes um, the same gender that they are. Um, but I think that it did open up my eyes and maybe some other people of the cast that um, we do live in a world where not everyone has, like, the same views and not everyone accepts everyone else and that we just, like, uh, when we are with each other that we should be loving and that we should spread love and uh, not hate. And yeah. hmm. how, how many characters do you play? I play three. Did you find a commonality between the three characters, even if they have wildly differing opinions about what happened to Matthew, have you found any commonalities between them that, that surprised you? Um, I think that they all are on the side of like, if you, if you are um, homosexual, that it's okay. I think that, uh, that they all are, accepting towards people and who they want to be because uh one of my characters is actually homosexual she's uh lee fondakowski she's part of the tectonic theater company and um i think that all three of them uh just uh are accepting towards um matthew shepherd and uh think that what happened was wrong and that he didn't deserve what happened to him mm, mm, mm. have you been in previous drama productions um, yes, I was in a couple at um, in middle school, but uh, not here at Costa. Okay. Well, I, I, I would suppose that this one has been a little bit more emotional or uh, adult than anything you've been in before. 
Yeah, definitely. It's um, mm. been very emotional, but with the cast and um, everyone, they're all very supportive, and it's um, it's just good to have all of them while uh, working through all of this. One one of the questions I love asking all the students is, Kira, what impact does being in drama have on your experience of just being in high school, do you think? Well, for me, drama really helped me find who I was because I was um, in middle school, I was a little lost on um, who I wanted to be or um, things like kind of like about my race because um, I am um, uh, African-American. So it was like I didn't know if I necessarily fit in with certain people, but uh, joining drama really did help me find um, who my friends are, and I've uh, made some really good ones, and it also gave me something um, to have a passion for and to um, keep trying to work towards. Mm, excellent, 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 wonderful. Now, uh, Mr. Westerberg, uh, thank you, Kira. Now, Mr. Westerberg, who's next? Uh, next we have Megan Ye. Megan Ye. All right. Okay. Megan, Megan yeah. is a yeah. junior and is ecstatic to be in the Laramie Project. This is her first time in the cast of AmeriCosta Show, and she's loved the experience. She can't wait to see what the future holds and will never forget the experience of working on this production. Megan would like to thank her fellow cast members, the crew, her family, and the production team. She hopes you enjoy the show and appreciate the message it brings. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? Good. 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 So, of course, the questions are very similar, but obviously the experiences are quite different. When you think about the message of the show, what would you say that is in your eyes? Well, when I was reading the play before auditions happened, I really kind of wanted to analyze the different topics and themes that are explored because I realized over time that it's not just homosexuality that this town had to deal with. It's also the conflict within them of how there's a lot of traditional and then there's also modern views that are conflicting within their town with the university as well as the more religious population. So that kind of really stood out to me, how these people are in conflict, not only about homosexuality, but also about their own views that they've believed. And it's like a state of confusion that they haven't been able to have had to face before. Right, right. How many that, uh, that, characters that, do you that's play? That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's very deep. How, how many um, characters play, do you play? I play six characters. Whoa. Wow. Now, that experience alone as an actor um, and playing six characters, uh, men and women? Yes. Or you transition the genders of some characters. They're all Megan now. How how, how has that experience been? Um, it's been, like, really moving because two of my characters – are reporters that don't necessarily have names. They're just reporters in general, and they represent the media and how part of the media didn't really take into consideration what was actually happening and that this was affecting a real person's life. But then another reporter that I play, who's Carrie Drake, who actually has a name and has a presence, he really actually has compassion for what's happening. And then also I play Stephen Mead Johnson, who is a Unitarian minister. And what I see him as is he's kind of a mediator, since there's so much religious conflict as well as just conflict of youth homosexuality, and he's opening to everyone. He's very observant of the different feelings that everyone feels. And then 
a character that was kind of a challenge for me and that was very different was Jen, who was a friend of Aaron McKinney, who was the killer of Matthew. And that was very different because she she doesn't necessarily hate homosexuals, but she just she doesn't understand it. And she it, it was very different for me because that's something I hadn't experienced before, specifically living in the South Bay. That's not something you see around a lot because people are usually more open in this area. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Is there anything that, well, Megan, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, end there with you because what I'm going to do is, is just try to get to everyone individually. And then we're going to have a few minutes to talk uh, at the end of the show. I hope um, Mr. Westerberg, who's next. Okay. Next uh, we have Bryson Earhart. Okay. All right, Bryson. Bryce, Bryson is excited about his first performance with Miracosta, and he's thankful for the opportunity to be a part of this cast. He's in 10th grade and was able to do senior scenes last year. He had a lot of fun working with everyone from the drama department and is excited to work with them again. He wants to thank the entire cast and crew and hopes we all enjoy the show. Hi, Bryson. Hi. Hey. So you've heard the questions that I've asked uh, the other cast members. What's What's your first reaction uh, at this point about the play's impact on you? Um, well, the play has really impacted me because I play two very different characters. I play um, a character, John Peacock, which was one of Matthew's academic advisors at the university. But then I also play one of the perpetrators, Russell Henderson. So it's like a big switch in between the two characters. So I think it's really impacting me to like, you know, go to see both sides of the story. Because like, John was really, you know, close to Matthew and he talked to him a lot. And, you know, but then Russell was the guy who tied him up on the fence. And I think it was just, it really, you know, um, impacting me to see both sides of the story and like, you know, those are two, like, very different people, and very, they have very different ideas about what's happening. Um, Joe, when, let me, can I ask Bryson yes. something real quick? Um, yes. Bryson, uh, during the show, it, are you going back and forth with your characters, or do you play one for a certain amount of time, and then later on you play another one, or are you going back and forth throughout the course of the play with your characters? Um I'm going back and forth a lot between, because the first thing I'm in, I'm John Peacock, but then during the second one, I'm Russell Henderson, so I uh, I bounce back and forth a lot. Wow, that's got to be tough. Uh, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's kind of it's kind of tough to, like, get into the mindset of two, you know, people, like, one stone-faced and, you know, you know not really caring and a lot, and then, like, this person who was really affected by Matthew's death. Right. Wow. Right. Right. Um, as a sophomore, when you think of drama as a, a sort of an aid to your experience in, in high school, what is it, is it uh, what you thought it would be last year if you were in drama last year or how has it affected your high school experience? Um, Honestly, it's just been a lot of fun. I've, like, you know, my last two periods, I'm always, like, you know, getting tired and, you know, dozing off and everything. But then I uh, then I come here <laughs> and I, uh, and it's, like, immediately back and I'm, like, you know, happy and, like, I'm excited to see everybody. And, you know, there's just a really strong energy here and it's, like, 
like everybody in the cast is super supportive and you know super friendly and everything and it's just like makes me like you know really excited about my the end of the day and everything right 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 um there there is uh, uh an energy uh obviously to uh you know not just this particular play but drama in general the just the the business of being in theater uh is very energizing um what would you say to other people that have thought about it that might hear this uh show performance think about joining drama what would you say to people about uh joining drama and to encourage them i'd say to the people who are on the edge about joining or not i'd say like you know just go for it just like join and even if it's not like the thing you don't even if it's not like what you want to do when you like get old and what you want to like do with your life and everything even if you like don't want to become an actor i think you should still do it because like it like doesn't just help you with acting and everything it like you know you build friendships here and you know public speaking and everything and it really helps you out with like a lot in you know life and not just like if you want to become an actor or something you can like you still join it and it's like a lot of fun and i think people who don't necessarily love to act will still have a good time because you know there's a there is a strong energy here and you know it's a it's always a lot of fun okay excellent excellent and now um uh one more person mr westerberg yes yes uh our final cast member with us today is travers tobis okay travers is very happy to be in the Laramie Project. This is his first Coaster show he's been in, along with Senior Scenes last year. Somebody's going to have to explain to us what Senior Scenes is, Joe. Uh, he's excited that he gets to be in a show that is about a real experience and a real story. He wants to thank his family and friends for supporting him and helping improve his acting ability. He would also like to thank the cast, the crew, and directors of the show. Hi, Travers. Uh, j- um, just a quick thing. Senior Scenes are, um, like a show of the seniors' talents in directing uh, kids who are underclassmen, so normally sophomores or freshmen, and they just have a 10-minute scene that they can direct and do whatever they want with, and they show around the end of May. Oh, so is that so, – so it's a mentor kind of program. I noticed that most we've – had, we've had your drama department on, oh, gosh, three or four times now um, – and I noticed that they're always uh, up, upperclassmen. Um, are, are freshmen not 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 allowed or encouraged to go into drama, or is their class load so 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 much in their first year that that they that it's not open to them, uh, Mr. Westerberg? Uh, no, we uh, very much encourage freshmen to be involved. So there okay. are three, there are three courses: drama one, which is beginning drama. Uh, drama two and drama three, and so all students, uh, CS, uh, CSU and UC requirements have all students need to take one year of art elective. So drama one is one year of art elective. Um, so some students are taking it for elective purposes, other students are taking it because they're interested in drama. And then after you complete drama one, which is mostly freshmen, but a lot of uh, we'll oftentimes have sophomores and juniors and seniors as well um, who are fulfilling their arts requirement a little bit later on. Uh, once you finish mm-hmm. drama one, then you can go into drama two and then eventually drama three. So the drama two, I'm gonna let that bell finish. Mm-hmm. Oh, time to go to so class. The drama, 
Yeah, the Drama 2 and the Drama 3 students are students who have really committed to the program beyond that one year of arts requirement. And we do have three freshmen in our cast as well, including Kira Randolph, who you just heard from. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Back to Travers. Back to Travers. Um, And Travers, continue with the the theme of the other questions that I've asked cast members. Uh, How many... uh, How many... uh, different uh characters are you playing uh i play four characters tell us about that um well one of my characters is gil eingen he's just a rancher type uh, who lives in wyoming he's he only has one line in the play but he i've always had a feeling with him that he kind of just is wants to have a reaction to it but doesn't have as much reaction as he feels he should and he doesn't express that very well and then I play um, Stephen Belber, who is a member of the Tectonic Theater group. And um, he's, he's an interesting character because there's a lot of moments where he doesn't really agree with what a, a lot of the other Tectonic cast is doing. And he feels like it's almost inappropriate to get inside the mindset and break up the town of Wyoming and turn it into a play instead of just keeping it as a regular town. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, my main role is Rulon Stacy. He's the um, C- CEO of Poudre Valley Hospital, the hospital that Matthew went to after he got beaten. And um, that's that's definitely a really emotional character because it, it's always been easy for me to see that um, if you're if you're accept- accepting a homosexuality, that um, not you're a good guy, but it makes you it can make you a better person. But if you're against it, it make it can make you a worse person, and it's always easy easy to see that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just gonna let that go. Yeah. <laughs> when might be when <laughs> yeah, they're doing the pledge of allegiance. Oh, are they? So it's gonna go oh, through the whole pledge. Oh, let's all do the pledge of allegiance. Yeah. <laughs> with liberty and justice for all. Okay. We haven't okay. been to school in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Um. What? Yeah. One last thing, Travers. Uh, before we uh break for a larger discussion, your uh instructor, Mr. Westerberg, mentioned Berthold Brecht. Have you? Do you have any Berthold Brecht play in mind that you've ever read or seen, or uh, that's been made into a movie that you're aware of? Is this for Travers or is this for for well, well, Jonathan? This is first for Travers. Uh, do you have Do you know Bertolt Brecht or do you have any? No, no, I'm not sure who that is. Okay, good so, for you, uh, Travers. <laughs> this would be then for any of the cast members uh, just to shout out a, a Bertolt Brecht piece that they've uh, heard of a movie that's been made into a movie that they've seen because this, this play, uh, Mr. Westberg, if you could explain how this play, as you had said at the top of the show, um, talks about an event that didn't, doesn't happen in the play. Yeah. So, um, I, I bring in Brecht because, it, you know, Brecht as a, as a director was very, 
interested in making the artifice of theater visible to the audience. So there's no pretending that this is reality. It's an acknowledgement that it's a play. And I guess that the Laramie Project is even more Greek theater-like in the fact that there's more commentary about events than there are actual events happening on stage. But one thing that we're aiming to do with this play is to make it as entertaining and visually appealing in its storytelling to an audience. So we do stage events while they're being spoken about uh, in, in a very theatrical, stylized way. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Well, this is an amazing uh, <laughs> uh, play and, and an, an amazing, uh, uh, you know, production because it's a high school production and the power of high school productions to shape young lives is certainly uh, very evident I, in my own life. I was a thespian and I was in plays. No, no play that I was ever in this impactful uh, potentially on the larger community. Um, Mark talked about uh, more support for gay students in schools, uh, support from their parents, and organizing support for them. This is a big deal, and uh, hats off to you, Mr. Westerberg, for, uh, for shepherding these students through this process. They will never forget it. There's no question about that. So, Tell us, uh, uh, Mr. Westerberg, when you think of this and these students, we know that it impacts them in such so many positive ways. Tell us a little bit about what you think uh, this play has given these students. Well, you know, as a person who obviously loves theater and, and works in theater quite often, um, you know, I'm of two minds. I think that theater should entertain, and I think it can be – There's the bell again. Um, I think Good. that theater should entertain, and I am all for light entertainment, and I think there are opportunities where theater should challenge um, and, and uh, force us to introspect. Um, and this is one of those choices with this particular play. So what's always remarkable for me is that, you know, we have a, we have a group of very open-minded students in the program. I think that open-minded students are attracted to this type of program. Um, yet uh, the amount of emotional impact that this story has had on them, we can see how all of those things that happened 20 years ago in Laramie, Wyoming, surrounding the death of Matthew Shepard, still resonate and reverberate pretty intensely amongst people. Well, that's you know that's what's interesting because I'm curious, and this is what I've been trying to. I'm curious the conversations that the cast is having among themselves because you know. I can bet you this is an internet generation that they've gone on the internet and they've researched this and you know there's a lot of of uh, you know there's a book out the book of Matt um there's a lot of other uh scenarios or regarding this whole incident on on why it really happened and things like that I'm curious if if um if there have been some great discussions between between the cast members. I don't, yeah, I'm going to let Travers speak on that. Yeah. Um, personally, I know I've went online to look at some of the characters, especially in the uh, documentary, Matthew Shepard is My Friend. And um, that I use that to look at Rulon Stacy and Fred Phelps, who's um, the member of the Westboro Church. And uh, it really helped because you can see what the char- who the character is and how he mm-hmm. holds himself. And there are certain times where 
speaking of discussions, you'll you'll just gotten out of your character, and it can be a very serious scene, and it's almost difficult to talk to people as if you're back in your real person. And so there are discussions that sometimes happen where you almost feel like you're still the character that you were, and it's just it's an odd experience having that whole uh, talk with people that it just doesn't feel like you're really in the moment as much as you normally are. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, hmm. I have I have a question for you, Mr. Westerberg, and uh, and then we're going to have to wrap this up, Joe. The hour just flew. Uh, you mentioned earlier about the first uh, high school production or California high school production of the Laramie Project and how you had they had protesters show up. Have you or the the school or the students has have you received any backlash about? Picking a play with this this topic. No, um, that doesn't mean that there might not be some dissent out there. When I did this here, four, I think it was 14 years ago in 2004, um, I did receive some heated emails about trying to perpetuate the gay agenda, and that's a phrase that we used mm. to hear quite frequently a decade ago. Um, we don't really hear that as much, especially around here. So if there is any discomfort, if there is any dissent about doing this, I haven't heard about it. I remember, uh, again, back in 2004, I wrote a letter to the board in order to get their consent to do this play. Um, We haven't felt any need to do that, or there hasn't been any request to do that. So I think that we're approaching a more open-minded community. Uh, but again, there are so many different instances of bigotry that are that are happening right now that I'm hoping that this expands the conversation beyond homosexuality. Well, I think All the right, we're going to leave it on a high note. <laughs> I like yeah, that. it is a play about hope. It is an entertaining play at the end of the day, um, and it's a play about hope. So I would hate to leave anybody with the message that this is a dark, depressing work. Um, I think it's actually quite uplifting. And I think what's happened to Laramie, I mean, they've 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 recognized it they've actually um taken a lot of strides to to make sure something like that doesn't happen again they've actually um i mean they're kind of a role model for small towns on on um ordinances to pass and things like that regarding um uh equality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic uh ladies and gentlemen of the cast thank you for joining us Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, and and Thank take you. the rest of the day off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> stay in school, check kids. With, yeah, really. Stay at school. Check with your teachers. And uh, Mr. Westerberg, we uh, applaud and uh, thank you for this uh, hour and uh, for these students. Uh, we're 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 sure to see them again in many different contexts, I'm sure, in their lives, but this one is special. Uh, We look forward to this. Uh, November 2nd through the 10th in Miracosta's small theater. Um, You can get tickets at miracostadramaboosters.org. Miracostadramaboosters.org. Thank you very much, uh, Mark Lips and Jackie. Belastra, thank you for joining us, and that's Always our show. Always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, Joe and everyone. All thank right. Bye bye. Bye bye.